The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hey guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome back to another episode of Garthology. This is season two, episode 26, and part two of our discussion about some of our very favorite Garth Brooks heartbreak songs. In today's episode, we'll each discuss our second pick. So what makes a good heartbreak song? To me, the song must be able to reach out and touch the listener and make him or her feel something. In a heartbreak situation, sometimes you're sad, sometimes you're angry. Depending on the type of heartbreak, some songs will help more than others, so a situation within the song plays an important role. Sometimes, one person's heartbreak is another person's breakthrough. Now let's get through this heartbreak and to the other side by going to Jess for her second pick. My second pick and the first song for this episode is Mr. Midnight. Imagine my surprise when she spoke my name. She said, could you tell him that I love him and I wish things could be the same in a voice I never knew. So honey, who are you talking Mr. Midnight was written by Buddy Buey, J.R. Cobb, and Tom Douglas, and it was on the Scarecrow album, which was released in 2001, and it was not a single. I love this song. I love that it's got a dark, broody piano intro that sets the tone for a sad story. And despite the fact that it is sad, I love the story of this song. The chorus sets it up perfectly when it says, I'm Mr. Midnight, alone and blue. The brokenhearted call me up when they don't know what else to do. Every song is a reminder of the love that they once knew. I'm Mr. Midnight. Can I play a song for you? So he's the overnight DJ, alone listening to other people's heartbreak stories and sending out sad songs to them when his lost love calls in. Then she says his name, that she loves him and wishes things could be the same, and he realizes he's her sad song, her heartbreak story too. But then in the same breath, he hears another voice on the line ask her who she's talking to. She's clearly not alone, and it falls right back to the chorus of, I'm Mr. Midnight, alone and blue. Musically, I love how the choruses hit hard and pack a punch because it makes it more emotional. And I love that emotional ride that a good song can take you on, whether it be happy or sad. But this is a classic sad country song to me, and I'm here for it every time it comes on. Even though it's maybe not a classic country sound, the story to me is a very classic sad country song. What do you think about this one, Pete? Yeah, my thoughts on this one came pretty easy. First and foremost, the piano entry is just great. It really sets a mood unlike any other I felt on the Scarecrow album. In the second verse, it says, broken hearted, call me up. 
And I just thought to myself right then, like, what a perfect song for a heartbreak episode. I got to be honest, I was not very familiar with the song and the lyrics, but I knew it enough to remember it. Uh, listening to it for the research, I really enjoyed the story of the song uh, about, you know, getting familiar with it more, just like you said, you know, about the phone call. And I could see how the meaning, like you see it in so many different shows or movies and that broken hearts always find a way to a phone call. It always seems to be late and it always seems to be late at midnight. <laughs> so it was, uh, it's a, uh, like I said, it wasn't a song I was familiar with, but one that I knew and listening to it, you know, I, I enjoy it. Um, tells a great story. So that's what I have on this one. What about you, Aunt Deb? I'm actually even further extreme than Pete is because I'm not really sure how, but I didn't know this song at all. Really? Wow. Yeah. Like when Jess said she was doing it for today's podcast, I had no idea what song it was. So I had to look it up. And even then, even listening to it for the first time, I thought, I don't think I've ever heard this song before, which is odd because I love the Scarecrow album. And I don't know, you know, that was a while ago and it must have just, I don't know, I skipped it or I was raising a kid during that song or something. I'm not sure what, but somehow <laughs> this song completely got by me. So it was not on my radar. And I, yet I look at the Scarecrow album and I can sing word for word so many songs from it. So I'm not sure how, but this one completely got by me, even more so than it got by Pete. It way got by me. So I had to listen to it and learn it for this podcast. And now that I've listened to it quite a few times, actually, it seems very Billy Joel-esque to me. Like, that's what I hear. Well, I can see that. Yeah. When I hear that song, instead of Piano Man, now I'm referring this in my head as Radio Man <laughs> because I just hear it as a Billy Joel song. So I liked it. I think it's a good song. That ending, oof. That is harsh. Mm -hmm. Like that woman calling in, it's the woman that he's missing. And it turns out she's missing him. And but she's with someone else. Oh, my God. The whole thing's just a gut punch. Like as the story got in deeper and deeper, the first time I listened to it, by the end, I was like, oof, mm -hmm. like that's just yeah. hurtful. So Jess really nailed it with this one. This is a heartbreak song. I, I don't know. I haven't added it to my playlist, to be honest. I don't know that I will. It's not my favorite Garth Brooks song, but it totally fits this episode. So good on you for picking it because you introduced me to a song that somehow I didn't know and it fits. Well done. Yay, I'm so glad. Yeah, it was a good one. Anytime we can share some Garth music with each other or with anyone else, that's a good day, right? Yes. All right. Well, Pete has the second pick this time around. So let's see what he has for us. My second heartbreak song is The Beaches of Cheyenne. They never found her body, just her diary by the bed. It told about the fight they had and the words that she had said. When he told her he was writing, she said, Then I don't give a damn if you never come back from Cheyenne. The Beaches of Cheyenne is my absolute favorite Garth Brooks heartbreak song, written by Brian Glenn Kennedy, Dan Roberts, and Garth Brooks. 
It was released in December of 1995. Anybody who knows me, you know that I love the ocean. The ocean and the beach is just my place. And for this song to be about the beaches and the ocean, like it's it's just perfect to me. It fits me perfectly as far as putting me in a place to listen to the story of the song. In my opinion, it's a true cowboy song. And you could tell that when they start off with the lyrics, they packed up all his buckles and shipped the saddle to his dad. The picture it paints by the way that the house looked, she must have took it bad. The workers come on Monday to fix the door and patch the walls. Like every sentence of every lyric just takes you to a different place in this song. It paints the most perfect picture. Then they just come over the top with the country in this song, telling the story of how he died in a couple short words. He was up in Wyoming and drew a bull that no man could ride. Like, again, it's just one-liner, short, right to the point. And after that, they tell her story. And, man, like, it gets super sad to me. Never finding her body, just a diary by her bed. And then the story of the fight that they had when he told her he would be riding like obviously a story, you know, she didn't want him to ride. And, you know, he drew this, this bowl that no one could ride. She said that she didn't give a damn if he ever returned from Cheyenne. Like, could you imagine that being the last words that you said to someone that you love? The story says some still believe that she's alive. And I have a question for you guys. Like, do you guys still think that she's alive? Like that's that part of the story and that part of the song, I kind of look at it different ways and, it's like, I don't know, it's like one of those cliffhangers. We talked about it in a lot of other songs of Garth. Like, they leave no leaf unturned. Like, you know where it goes. This one, so what are you guys' feelings on it? Well, let's start with you, Aunt Deb. No, I don't think she's alive still. I think she absolutely killed herself. She went out into the ocean and didn't come back. Because she told the man she loved, I don't care if you never come back. And I just can't imagine that feeling, having that happen after you say those words to the person that you love, there's no coming back from that. Like that's tough. And I think this is, this is classic Garth. It's one of my all-time favorites by him, but dang, it's a heartbreaker. And the whole story is just a tragedy. And I think it may actually be Garth's ultimate heartbreaker because you have that idea of the last words that you say to someone being, I don't care if I ever see you again. And then, you know, it gets even more tragic after he dies because she kills herself. I just, it's to me, it's the ultimate heartbreak song. And I just, I, it's when I think about the story of it too much, it's, it, the song itself then doesn't appeal to me. Of course, when the song comes on and it's Beaches of Cheyenne, I love it. So I try not to get too in-depth on the story because it's such a great song. Because lyrically, melodically, it's perfect. And the record version is good. But seeing Garth sing this one live, like there's nothing better than that. So I actually don't let myself dig too deep in the story of this song because it's too crushing. And I love the song too much to not listen to it. So it can't be one of those that I don't listen to because it's too sad. So I kind of block how sad it is so that I can continue listening and loving this song as much as I do. Does that make sense, Jess? <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I get what you're saying because it's the same. Like, I love the song. Obviously, I think most people 
who are Garth fans do, but it is a sad, sad song and a sad story. I do also think that she killed herself. I don't think she's still alive, but there is the line that says some say she's still alive. They even say they've seen her on the shoreline late at night, but I think they're seeing her ghost if they're seeing anything at all because she 100% walked into the ocean and never came out again. I think that this song, Pete, like you said, it's just so cleverly written. Like every lyric paints such a brilliant picture. You can't help but picture it. And then every picture is devastating if you really listen to the words of the song and listen to it like you haven't heard it before. And it's one I don't get tired of hearing, even though it's a sad song, because, you know, sometimes you're just in the mood for a sad song and you want to hear that. As a side note, I love when Garth does this one live and emphasizes the word Cheyenne a little more toward the end. There's like just a way that he emphasizes it that's not on the studio album. And I love that live. Those little changes that occur live are my favorite. And I tend to sing the song that way in my head, even when I'm listening to the studio. I know exactly the one you're talking about, the way he says it differently. Isn't that funny? And it just stays with you and you'll always hear it that way after that. So when I'm in the car or whatever, that's the version that I hear. But this was a great pick for heartbreak songs for sure. Like like you said, Deb, I think this might be the ultimate one. Like it's pretty devastating, especially if you go back and listen like you've never heard it before. That was a good pick, Pete. Thank you. And that, the weird thing is, it's like I always listen to it. Like I've never listened to it before. It's it's mm-hmm. it's uh yeah. I mean that'll do it. It's it's my all time favorite heartbreak song. Deb, what do you got for us next? My second heartbreak song is She's Gonna Make It. Seven years of marriage He wanted out After seven months of freedom It's clear that there's no doubt She's gonna make it And he never will He's at the foot of the mountain She's over that hill He's sinking at sea And her sails are fail She's gonna make it And he never will She's Gonna Make It was the second single from Garth's Sevens album and was written by that amazing trio of writers we've talked so much about, Garth Brooks, Kent Blasey, and Kim Williams. This is another song that proves that those three men writing a song together is just magical. Like they just spill magic right out of their pen. I don't know how they do it, but the more that we've done these podcasts and the more research that we've done looking into these songs, I realize now that they were meant to be the three of them together. And I appreciate them more than they will ever know. Because together, the three of them have written some of my all-time favorite songs. And that's amazing when you think that three of the same people could do that in one person's lifetime. So that's my first thought on it. I like this song because it's a little different than some of the other heartbreak songs that we've already discussed. She's Gonna Make It describes one of the partners as doing better than expected after the breakup which is why I really love this song, and it's why I picked it. The marriage between a man and a woman is ended because he wanted out, so now they're apart. But after seven months, he's wondering if he did the right thing. It's not easy, but she's doing okay. He's the one that's struggling. Would she take him back? Yes. Does he ask? 
Nope. I think it's a heartbreak song, but it's also a message of hope for the listener because it reminds each of us that you too can make it through a heartbreak, which I think is a really important message. And it's really helpful for someone who's going through any type of pain because it's telling you, you too can get over that hill. And I love that lyric in the song. I love the song overall. So Jess, what do you think of the message in She's Gonna Make It? I think it's a beautiful message. It's a beautiful song. This is one that, you know, I've known, I feel like forever and have loved forever. It's another one that I would listen to and say is a classic Garth song. It has a classic sound um, that I would associate with him. And even though it came along a little later in the 90s, I, I love throwing it back to these gems that I feel like I've known forever, you know, and just looking at them again and looking at them in a different way. I was about 16 when this album came out and I just remember it blew me away. And I get reminded every time we discuss one of these songs that came from that time, how brilliant they were and still are. And I'm always blown away that they still hold up the way that they do. Sevens in general is just peak Garth perfection to me. Like, I mean, every album I could find something that I love, but that I just the timing of it and like every song on it, for some reason, that album holds a special place in my heart. The harmonies are beautiful on this one, although I believe it was Susan Ashton singing harmonies on this particular song and not Trisha without looking, I think. And that's usually who I'm gushing about on harmonies. But regardless, they were beautiful on this song. I love the line that says he's sinking at sea and her sails are filled. I always tend to wonder about the flip side of the song. I wonder if the she he's singing about is coping as well as he thinks she is because it's just his point of view, really, you know? That's a good point. Yeah. And then the line that says, and the cra- and you talked about this, but it says, and the crazy thing about it is she'd take him back. But the fool in him that walked out is the fool that just won't ask because it implies that she's still a lot more invested than he thinks she is. You know, if, if there is that kind of omniscient being of the song looking at it saying she would take him back, but he just hasn't asked or wouldn't ask. So I always leave the song thinking about that, about where they end up because you just don't know there's a lot of assumption going on there and they seem to be destined to stay apart which is so sad when you know from the song that you know he still loves her and if she would take him back then she probably still loves him too but i think this was another phenomenal choice for a heartbreak category what do you think about it pete so i have almost all of my notes match exactly what one of the two of you guys said at some point (laughs) Something a little bit more personal, like this song's on the playlist. It's one of my absolute favorites. Way, 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 way back in the day when Steph and I were young, it was kind of crazy. At one point, you know, we decided that we're going to split up for a little bit. And I knew it wasn't what she wanted. And at that time, I thought it was what I had wanted. But in the end, it, it wasn't. And thank God I was not too stubborn to have that conversation with her again, because a lifetime and a half later, we wouldn't be where we are today, thankfully. But this song always reminds me of that point, you know, that part of that point in our life where, you know, I wasn't too stubborn to have the conversation, not knowing, you know, how things were going to work out. And thank God it worked out the way that it did. But that's what I got from the song. You know, if you, if you make a decision and at any point you regret the decision that you made in a relationship or whatever the case is, don't be so darn stubborn not to at least have a new conversation because you never know what the opposing person is thinking or feeling. And I think that this song tells a great story of that. And 
it, it's been on the playlist for the longest time. It will never, ever, ever come off. It, it, it's personal for me. So I love the song. I thought it was a great choice. Well, now it's personal for me, just knowing that there was a chance that you and Steph wouldn't work out because I almost like her more than I like you, and I like you a lot. Yeah, listen, my mom loves that woman more than she loves me, and I'm her own child. A lot of the family loves her. I mean, my family knows how good she is for me and how good she's been to me, so you're not alone there. It's true. All right, that wraps up our discussion of our favorite Garth Brooks heartbreak songs. What are some of your favorite sad songs from Garth? Be sure and let us know on any of our social media accounts. Now let's go over to Pete for shout-outs. Shout-outs. Yeah, this week's shout-out goes to Alex Paulson. Alex, we've got to uh, know you a little bit more and more over the last couple weeks. Uh, We got to do a live interview with you. Uh, We've been able to follow you on your social media. I just got to tell you, sir... You are an extremely, extremely good young man. I'm I'm proud to be able to get to know you and, and call you a friend. I love where life is taking you and the experiences that you are getting to be a part of um, at the Garth shows and, and as part of, you know, Bubba's veterans for Garth. And uh, I just wish you nothing but the best, my friend. We appreciate the support and everything nice that you've had to say about us on our social medias. We, we do appreciate it. Yes, Alex. I absolutely love seeing pictures of all your adventures, and we really appreciate you and all your support. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alex. Hey, Alex, I need that shark suit, please. (laughs) I want my own picture in a shark suit. Maybe when Garth starts having concerts again. Well, we could all get together with Alex in shark suits and go to a dive bar. That'd be pretty cool. I love that photo of him. He is so, so happy. It makes me smile every time. Be sure and check out our website for links to articles we've discussed on past episodes, as well as other bonus material. And remember to hit subscribe on our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Do you listen to Garthology on Apple Podcasts? If so, stop by there right now and give us a rating and write up a quick review to let us know how we're doing and to encourage others to listen. Help other friends in low places become Garthologists too. Yes, and speaking of Garthologists and friends in low places, you guys can find us on our social media platforms. If you're on Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. If you're on Instagram or Twitter, we are at GarthologyCast on those two platforms. We love the interaction. We love the shares, the likes, the tweets, the retweets, the direct messages. Anything that gets us closer to our fans, we absolutely love being a part of it. We appreciate the support and we hope to see you guys there. Be sure to join us for our next episode of Garthology. That will be season two, episode 27, and will be available on your podcast platform of choice on October 17th. Until then. This has been season two, episode 26 of Garthology. And I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. And part two of our discussion about some of our very favorite Garth Brooks hate hate Brooks songs. Wow, hate what the, songs. <laughs> what is what? that? Garth Brooks hate song. Yeah, we're not doing hate no. songs. No, I'm out.